Hello and welcome to the Good Robot Andes. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Yes. Uh, I think um, I think uh, I'm interrupting you there because okay. we finished our movie countdown. A bit rude. The top, th- I know, yeah, but I am a bit rude. Mm-hmm. Um, the top 30 horror movies of the 20th century. Which listener, if you missed out on, uh, you should not go back and listen to them now. You should listen to all of this podcast, <laughs> then go back and listen to. Oh, them I don't think you should tell the listener what order they should listen to the podcast in, so long as they listen to them all. Well, yes. Uh, okay. All right. Um, anyway, but I mean, when, uh, now that you've started, it's just easier if you just carry on from here. I've started, so I'll finish, as um, Magnus Magnuson used to say. Um, uh, welcome to the Good Robot Andes, season six. Already. Episode one. Can you believe we're six seasons in? Most of them have been legitimate length seasons. Well, they have, yeah. And um, also, if we were a TV show, we'd be in the end game of our run now, because most shows run for seven seasons. Whereas, we're just at the beginning of We're at the beginning. Our journey. Yeah, apart from The Walking Dead, which seems to be going on forever. Hmm. Um, that's currently in season nine. And has been renewed for 10. Really? I kind of assumed... Someone on a podcast the other day told me not to listen because there were spoilers and said that the finale was really amazing and brilliant. And I didn't listen any further because I didn't want spoilers. The finale of what? Season... Well, I don't know. They obviously thought the that one one of the seasons was the last one, but... No, it's not. It ain't. It just keeps going. It just keeps going. Well, I welcome, um, I welcome that because I haven't yet seen a season that I didn't utterly love. Yeah, I didn't love seven. Right. Well, I'm only on. But I am. Lo- I am loving eight. On my rewatching, I'm. Uh, I've, they've just got to the prison. Okay, the prison is great. I think that's season three. Three. Yeah. And I have watched more than that. I've watched the bit with the governor and stuff, which is about four. Is it? I think that's oh, four. Oh yeah, he's fantastic. David. Or is he Morrison. also in three first? I don't know. Anyway, he's in three first. Yeah, because that's the um the the settlement that he's the boss of. Right. Oh, so is it, is all of that stuff in three as well? Maybe I've only seen three. Yeah, there's a bit of a crossover between three and four. Oh, okay, okay. Anyway, uh, I love The Walking Dead. It's like um, the best drug available. Yeah, it's fantastic. But in a good way. Cause, mainly because you can look at it and think, no matter how hard life is for me, it's definitely infinitely harder for the people on this TV show. <laughs> I love the fear, I love the peril, and I love the suffering. Mm. Don't know and why. there's a lot of it. Yeah. There's a lot of suffering. Yeah. Um, so as you may have guessed, uh, I'm I'm hosting tonight, today, or whatever time you watch this, I'm hosting, listen to this rather, I'm hosting. I shouldn't do this. I'm out of practice. Actually. No, you're doing a really good job. I haven't, I'm out of practice of doing hosting. Um, uh, because uh, this week's podcast is a tech podcast. It's a tech podcast. Turn off now. <laughs> no, no, don't turn off. No, come back, come back, come back. It's too late. Oh, damn. Okay, well, let's just do it anyway. Okay. Which is pretty much what we do. Yeah, it is what we do. Um, so, yes, this week's is a TED podcast. Uh, not a TED podcast. No, it's not a TED. tech podcast. Yes. That is to be presented by Andy B. Um, yes, and I hello. think I think we've teased this one on previous pods. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, because this one's all about uh, social media, specifically Facebook. So I think I'm going to title it Behaviour Manipulation. Okay. I think that's that its That sounds title. good. Yeah. So, bena- so Behaviour Manipulation. Why have, ditch uh, Facebook? 
your um your questions on behavior manipulation start now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or so I think subtitle why ditch Facebook? Behavior manipulation or why ditch Facebook? Yeah. Yeah, okay. So um why ditch Facebook, Andy B? Okay. So let's start off by acknowledging the elephant in the room, which is that most people listening are thinking well, they're going to talk about stuff that I don't really care about because Facebook is useful to me um, uh, and I don't really care about the kind of technical stuff that they're going to talk about. So I'm going to spend the beginning part of this podcast trying to convince you that this isn't geeky stuff that only geeky people care about. It's stuff that you should care about because you're a person. Yeah, presumably they're not bots that have downloaded this podcast and are now disseminating it for yeah. whatever evil use bots do things for. I mean, if you are a bot, then that's fine. You can just continue um, disseminating this information to your humans. <laughs> your human overlords. Yeah, or otherwise. <laughs> or otherwise, the slaves. aliens. The aliens from The Simpsons. Oh, I mean, yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, or your aliens, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, so that, how I'm going to convince you that this is of interest to you, um, is I'm going to talk about some of the consequences of some of the things um, that some social media companies do. Um, and then I'm going to talk about um, why are they doing it. So one of the things that, one of the things about conspiracy theories is that often it's hard to identify what the motives would be for this crazy theory. So I'm going to try and explain to you that there are clear and obvious and not like crazy sinister motives behind um, the behaviour of these companies. Um, and therefore it makes perfect sense what they're doing and what they're doing doesn't feel evil to them but can have quite negative consequences for us. So let's start with uh, the kind of thing um, that these companies are doing. When I say these companies, um, Facebook is the one that's easiest to accuse because there's lots of uh, hard information about uh, things Facebook's doing, which um, is quite concerning. So first of all, um, it's going to be linked to all this stuff um, in the in the notes, in the podcast notes uh, underneath. So you sh if you want to follow up this stuff, um, look for the links there. Um, what should I start with? I'll start with um, a, a quite a large study that was done in, I believe, in Germany. So um, where I'm getting my information is from an article in the New York Times. Um, and it showed a clear correlation between Facebook use and attacks on refugees in Germany. So um, uh, they, they, they did quite a large survey of places that were otherwise similar. Um, but people using Facebook um, seems to attack refugees more often. Or perhaps people who like attacking refugees like using Facebook as well. I think I think it's probably the latter. I think that um, there was a study done a few years ago that talked about the way that social media, and let's talk about Facebook in this context, reduces people's um, inhibitions. Mm-hmm. So that when you use social media, it's like being down the pub. You've had a couple of pints, your inhibitions are down, and you just you you say stuff that is probably going to be hurtful, and uh, your filters are turned off. 
So uh, yeah, we'll get we'll we'll get your, uh, as your we, social filters. Mm-hmm. As we go on, we'll we'll come back to the question of um, why does that happen? And 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 my my question is when I say that I don't mean um, what's going on in your brain that makes that happen. I, my question is more along the lines of um, why why would that website or that app um, but why would it be good for the people who create it if you behaved that way? So uh, one of the key things about um, uh, Facebook and other social media is that they want um, it's in the it's in the interests of the company for you to be what they might call engaged. For well, that means for you to say things, click things, and read things on their website. Mm. Um, so if they can reduce the barriers um, that would prevent you from saying something. Um, then they're going to be looking for for ways to achieve that because that's good for them. It's good for them if you're um, saying things because that means people get stuff to read, which engages them. Uh, potentially also it's good if you're saying things that are a little bit controversial or annoying or mean because people tend to uh, read and share things like that more. <coughs> so anyway, so that article um, in the in the New York Times, which I'll link to, um, has links to research showing that there is this correlation between um, violence against uh, immigrants and use of Facebook. Now, personally, I think violence against immigrants is a bad thing. Um, we haven't proved causality, of course. We've only proved that the two things tend to go together. Um, other, uh, Another article on uh, related lines uh, in a publication called The New Atlantis um, talks about how um uh violence mob violence um is promoted by some of the ways facebook um promotes different posts um and uh the the so-called algorithm which it uses to order posts or to decide which posts you see um tends to favor uh posts which um are linked to um uh, people behaving in a sort of mob violence type of way. Mm. Um, so I'll link to the the full article. So the um, the point you made about uh, you know social media sites liking liking it when people say outrageous things was borne out by Twitter uh, when uh, I don't know if you remember this um, probably about eighteen months ago when Donald Trump was basically threatening nuclear war against North Korea. Mm-hmm. And um, people complained about his tweets and they said they wouldn't take them down because they were deemed newsworthy. Mm-hmm. Even though they're the ravings of a lunatic. Yeah, so the um, we, again, we have to just think about the motivation of the company. So mm. um, just digging into this article in the New Atlantis a little bit more is um, the example they're using is where there, a rumour spread that uh, Muslims were lacing... Um, Sri Lankan pe- uh, people's food with sterilization drugs. Now, there was no truth behind this rumor. No. Um, but it uh, the video circulated very widely um, and uh, Facebook's algorithms picked up on the fact that people were engaging with it and promoted it more because their algorithms are um, quite sensibly aimed at um, sharing content that people want to uh, look at. Yeah. 
So um, very inflammatory stuff like that tends to get um, um, like uh, it. Um, what's the word? Like amplified by their yes. algorithms. Yes. Um, and it goes to in both those examples. Um, it goes towards uh, it goes to explain what's going on here that the, the the what's in the company's interest twitter or facebook um is that people are engaged with their platform i e people are on there looking at it reading things clicking things liking things disliking things arguing with each other so um uh things that uh that have a very different flavor from uh you know like the trying to start a nuclear war ravings of a madman like something like the Black Lives Matter hashtag mm. is also good for Twitter because um, they like to have people engaged and talking and using their platform. Um, yeah, so it, that's just an example. You can read that article. I won't go into it in full. But um, yeah, rumors, nasty rumors that are completely untrue are just as good for Facebook as um, interesting and exciting news that's true. Yes, yes, absolutely. Because to them, it's all revenue. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, uh, we're more, some more examples of why we might care about this. Um, a study that was, um, I, I linked to an article in Salon about it, um, but it was a, um, a study in, in the Journal of Computers in Human Behavior, um, that actually demonstrated, um, that, uh, Use of social media causes violent thoughts or violent behaviour. Mm. Um, and no, no, sorry, I, I got that wrong. Causes racist thoughts. Um, so um, that's interesting. So, but surely people already have to have some kind of racist leanings to have Facebook amplify them. I mean, it wouldn't just cause me to have racist thoughts, presumably, or you. Uh, there has to be something there to begin with for it to stoke the fires, you know, to sort of to enable, um, you know, people's already racist leanings by Facebook, uh, you know, as you say, amplifying a post about immigrants putting sterilizing powder into people's food or something. Um, and that just makes them feel, yes, I'm right. I am right to be feeling the way that I'm feeling. So I'm just um, looking back over the the article. Um, So what they found was, uh, what they did was they they showed two um, video messages to um, the participants in the study, um, one of which was a um, egalitarian, uh, what they called an egalitarian message, which which, um, gives an example of um, anti-black racism. Uh, that someone's witnessed mm-hmm. uh, and they also played two other messages one which was about white superiority um in a sort of not very concealed way and one which was about um uh the fact that whites are oppressed are an oppressed racial group um and the um what they found was that that facebook users had different reactions to those videos from non facebook users right so um they were people were asked how much they agreed with the message or how how accurate they found it or how much they liked the writer and how likely they were to share the post um and what they found was that the more frequent facebook users uh, didn't differ in their reaction to the um the message about uh, racism against black people but they were more positive towards the messages 
with racist content, particularly the the sort of more extreme um, white superiority message. Hmm. Um, their explanation for it was that um, Facebook users are more likely to be susceptible to negative persuasion messages because they engage in less critical processing. Right. Um, so there's the, the, the argument, and this is this is just a theory about why there was a different reaction from Facebook users. But the argument goes something along the lines of your critical faculties are kind of worn down um, by having been exposed to um, lots of negative messages uh, through your Facebook use that makes you actually less able to um, dismiss some things as just wrong, for example. Right. Um, so this could potentially be, um, this could potentially affect all of us, not just people who are racist. Um, if we're, if we're kind of worn down so that our brain doesn't process messages so clearly, we tend to just absorb things rather than, um, uh, think them through and decide, no, I don't agree with that. Hmm. Um, it can lead us all to, uh, be worse at, at kind of coping with the world in a way that in, if we stood back and thought for a, bit longer we were happier with yeah so that's another example um, of potential negatives of use of facebook um uh so hopefully while you listen to this you're questioning um your own use of facebook um the it's always it's basically impossible for you listener to think to yourself oh yeah um i've definitely got worse at thinking <laughs> uh, because nobody's ever going to think that people don't think that no um, but please open your mind to the possibility uh, that it might make you worse at thinking if you uh, if you spend a significant portion of your day engaged in a certain type of thinking it might affect your thinking um, okay so hopefully you understand that uh, or I'm convincing you that um, there's some potential uh, effects can be had on the world by this social media thing. But so far, maybe I've, all I've convinced you is that, um, social media in general is a bad thing. Um, um which is not what I, I'm trying to convince you of. Yeah, no, I don't, th- I don't, I don't think, I don't think that's what I'm hearing. I think what I'm hearing is that, um, is that social media, maybe not social media companies, but certainly the, the people who are producing inflammatory content for social media for consumption on social media are doing so in a very clever way in a way that they figured out how to get it past your internal filters that maybe for people who are not biased or racist they're kind of getting past those filters um and uh you know sort of swaying people to do things that maybe they wouldn't normally do or think things they wouldn't wouldn't normally think or vote in a way that they wouldn't normally vote for someone mm-hmm. or something or a movement, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and that is um, that is a worrying trend. I so think. What, what I want to do, so that, uh, what, I want, what I want to do in the, through this podcast is, first of all, convince you that there's something to be concerned about, then try and clarify what it is we should be concerned about, and then hopefully talk about what we can do about it and not just throw our hands up or decide mm. we should stop using social media. So yeah. we've got this, um, this picture that it, that, uh, social media can have a powerful effect on the way you think. So maybe I've convinced you so far that, um, 
it's at least something worth thinking about. Like, um, you know, my own personal use of social media, but also um, who's in control of it? Uh, am I comfortable with the people who are currently in control of it being in control of it? Um, there is also, um, through the Cambridge Analytica scandal, there are people out there who are claiming that uh, their work can have a significant impact on elections. So if you think that the outcome of elections is important, um, then there are people like like the people from Cambridge Analytica who worked with Facebook and got all their um, data from Facebook. Um, people from Cambridge Analytica were claiming that they had a significant impact on elections around the world. Yeah, so two... two elections in particular in recent years not one election and one referendum mm-hmm. is that Cambridge Analytica claim to have influenced both of them in a significant margin also other elections um in other, in uh, at least in at least one country in south america i don't i don't have the link um they were claiming to have had you know to have swung the result or to have had a major impact um, so they, they, I mean, obviously people claim things. Maybe they're wrong, but it's worth thinking about. Maybe. So I want to zero in slightly on Facebook. Um, specifically, there was a report by a UK um, parliamentary committee, the Digital Culture, Media, and Sports Select Committee. They did an investigation for eighteen months. There's a link to a Guardian article about it, but this is a report from from the UK Parliament. Um, uh, it was an investigation into disinformation and fake news, and it accused Facebook of deliberately obstructing its inquiry uh, and failing to tackle attempts by Russia to manipulate British elections. Yes. It, it described the company as digital gangsters. Wow. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, select committees do say inflammatory stuff. Yes, but um, yes. So maybe you shouldn't take it uncritically, but you should certainly uh, take it seriously. This is um, yes. Uh, these are British politicians whose job it is to think about these things. Um, they they accused Mark Zuckerberg of uh, disrespect for Parliament in refusing to um, speak to them, um, and they warned that British electoral laws unfit for purpose and vulnerable to interference by hostile foreign actors. Yeah, um, which has been proven by the fact that um, the uh, the Vote Leave campaign is still not under investigation, despite the fact that campaign funds were misused during the campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's an example of British electoral law not being up to the standard that it needs to be to tackle things like this. Um, yeah, so... Um what what they what this committee really accuses facebook of is uh well actually here's the quote they chose to profit uh, chose profit over data security taking risks in order to prioritize their aim of making money from user data hmm. um, the report accuses the company um, of covering up leaks of user data uh, it, they say it seems clear to us that facebook only acts when serious breaches become public yeah that, i think that is true um, let's, let's be clear about this, though, is that if you're not paying for a product, then you are the product. So so the people who use Facebook, I use Facebook. I know lots of people who do use Facebook and Twitter. Our data is the product. And they sell that data to third parties. So, that yeah, so you're moving on to one of the... Um 
some of some of, I'm trying to get onto what uh, what's really going on here. So we've what we've talked about so far is um, that social media has a big influence on society, can have an influence on elections, it can alter behaviour, potentially could cause violence, cause racism. Uh, or make you more tolerant of uh, racist views. Mm. Um, uh, Facebook as a company have been accused of um, really having no concern for the ethics of their behavior, only being concerned for uh, the way that um, their users can be used for profit. Um, we're going to talk about why would they do this? You know, this sounds like a conspiracy theory. Mm. Um, we'll, we'll get onto that in a bit. We have, I've got one more article that um, uh, that I wanted to refer to. This is this one's from BBC News again. I'll uh, I'll link to it. Uh, this is more um, uh, data coming out of Facebook and um, or rather being fed into Facebook and being potentially used for nefarious purposes. Um, this is the article that you you sent to me, Andy. Um, yes. In which. Uh, it was revealed that some of the apps that are linked uh, in a, into, into Facebook on the developer platform, so not necessarily Facebook themselves, but apps that are linked with it, um, were storing data, very highly personal data, um, like um, data about people who were trying to have a baby and were uh, tracking their menstrual cycles mm. um, and other other things that are extremely personal data uh, that you don't potentially want um, to be bought and sold by companies uh, was were being tracked by these apps that were they were linked and stored therefore the data was being stored in the Facebook platform um, Facebook um, said that they weren't using that data and that the, it was actually the responsibility of the companies who made those apps uh, but it at least makes the point whether we if we believe them it at least makes the point that um, uh we might, you might care about that. Often we talk about personal data and people think, well, you know, if I get a few more spam emails, I can live with it in exchange for, um, uh, exchange for the, you know, the benefits I get from using, um, something like Facebook. Um, but if you, um, uh, have some information that you want to keep private, for example, maybe you're ill and you don't want to, talk to the world about that yet mm. um, the the data that is collected by um, companies like Facebook can reasonably straightforwardly help them figure something out like that um, if you if you're if you were um, concealing something about your identity and you weren't ready to come out um, to your friends and family um, if Facebook Facebook can probably work that out from some of your behaviour mm. if they try, um, and if they if they don't really care about keeping your privacy private, um, then they could quite easily reveal that. And the picture that is being built up, for example, from that parliamentary report, um, is that they don't seem to care, and therefore you as an individual should be concerned if you believe that in ever in your life you might have a secret that you want to keep. Or if anyone you know and love might have a secret they want to keep. Mm. For example, um, if you have a religion, if you're of a religion that is unpopular in the country you live in, uh, and that could cause you danger, um, or you know someone in that position, 
um, then this idea of personal data um, suddenly stops being some kind of trivial concern that uh, doesn't bother us too much and becomes a life and death thing. Yes. Um, it's not just wanting to keep things private like your credit card numbers, which you obviously do. Um, there's a lot of... Um, for example, if you're trying for a baby um, and don't manage it, maybe you don't want that broadcast over the internet. Maybe you'd rather people didn't uh, know that that had happened. Absolutely. Yeah. So the, these are things that um, that are of concern to ordinary people. Um, uh, so combine that with the fact that it could make you racist or violent and that Facebook don't seem to care. Um, I hope I might have convinced you uh, that this is something you care about. A couple of other examples. Um, Facebook recently did a bit of research uh, by experimenting on their users by feeding them different um, messages in their feeds and then measuring the effect on their mood. Oh, wow. Okay. By looking at what, what they, the users themselves posted. They used, they, they measured the, what they believed was the mood of the, the person. Yeah. Um, after they had deliberately fed them messages intended to make them feel good or feel bad. So they deliberately manipulated people to see what reaction they could get. Yeah, and again, if that sounds like a conspiracy theory, well, one one big reason, one big thing to do when you hear a conspiracy theory is to think, why would anyone do that? Yes. And uh, we'll get on to that. Uh, one last example before we get on to that. Um, there is this thing, this um, subgroup of Facebook called Facebook Research. And something that they did recently was they paid teenagers, not not uh, older people, by the way, just teenagers, um, to to give up total privacy on their device. So um, the the technical way that they did that is there's this um, Apple developer program where so if you're a, if you're if you're building an app for Apple devices, you get a license, a dev license, which means uh, you're because you're building an app, you can track everything that happens on your phone, mm. uh, and you can you have complete control over your phone in a way that you wouldn't normally have. Um, if you're just using your phone. Um, so what they did was they got, they, they paid these teenagers something like $20 and said, get this dev license so that, you, so that you're in complete control of your phone. Uh, and then, and then allow our app to use those privileges. Right. Okay. Um, and what they, what they, that then did was it sent all information about all activity on the phone, everything that they did and everything that went over the network. Mm. So every, every button they pressed, and every single thing that went over the network and sent that back to Facebook servers. Okay, and they did this, they did this knowingly. They got paid to do it. Yeah, they were. Yeah. Um, these teenagers were paid to be part of this scheme, uh, which was in contravention of Apple's terms and conditions. Ah, uh, yes. No, I remember. I remember reading about this. But Facebook got away with it because they said that. Well, we told them we were doing it, so. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's not so, it's not in contravention. Yeah, and uh, yeah, you might argue that uh, some teenagers um, might unwisely accept small amounts of money for doing things that are not necessarily in their best interests. Maybe, um, <laughs> and may not have realised the um, quite the far-reaching implications of what they were doing. So Facebook presumably is in a position to blackmail a very large number of teenagers. I'm but sure they that, wouldn't do that. But that wasn't their intention, though, was it? They, they wanted to gather data about everything that they were doing on their phones. 
Yeah. But so, for, I, but for what purpose? For what purpose did they want that data? Yeah. So, I think the previous example we talked about, where they researched what made people happy or sad, mm. uh, might give us a little bit of a clue uh, as to what what Facebook are doing. They didn't do that at random. That's not a conspiracy theory. That's something that's known to have happened. Uh, they admitted to it, in fact. Um, and the the reason they're doing it is something that we've very hinted at before, which is that what they're looking for is so-called engagement. So what that means is people using their app, uh, writing things, clicking things, and reading things, and feeling things. Yes. Um, and the reason they want that is because they want to um, convince you to spend your money in certain ways because what they sell is advertising. Mm-hmm. So um, advertising... Uh, what advertising looks like is showing you videos or pictures or text uh, about a product. But what advertising actually is, is an attempt to manipulate your behavior. Now we have, um, we've got used to that. We, we, we don't necessarily consider that an antisocial thing to do. So if you have a billboard um, up next to a road, um, which tries to convince you to buy a car, um, we we we've got used to that and that's we understand in some sense that that is an attempt to manipulate our behavior mm. um we also understand that sometimes it can be useful because we we actually want our behavior to be manipulated in the sense that we want information about what products are available um we also understand that sometimes behavior manipulation uh goes beyond what we want to allow so for example we've decided in the UK that we don't want to allow uh tobacco companies to advertise their products at all uh, we don't want uh, sexualized images to be used to promote alcohol use uh, uh, we don't want inappropriate images that like offensive images to be used in any advertising in public places you know we have rules about uh, how far this behavior manipulation can go uh, so hopefully we keep it we keep a lid on it so that it you know it it has some effect on us we're more likely to buy a toothpaste if we've seen it on a billboard than if we hadn't. And of course, no one believes it has an effect on them. No, uh, but it totally does. It does. Yeah, of course it does. Um, yeah. But it's it, this. We have a social contract. You know, you're allowed to put a picture of your toothpaste on a billboard or on a TV advert. You're even allowed to put an attractive person next to it. Uh, implying that either you will be attractive or you will hang out with attractive people if you use this toothpaste. But we're kind of okay with that. We we understand that there's a small amount of our behaviour being manipulated. Yeah, and we've, we've seen madmen, so, you know, we can figure out that we are being manipulated. Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, so that's advertising as we knew it before all of this stuff happened. Um, but the fundamental point is uh, advertising is an attempt to modify your behaviour. Um, and, and we accept that and that's, that's fine, uh, within certain boundaries. Um, but the, the tools which, uh, are in the hands of advertisers now, um, are, are potentially very powerful and there are very few limits on them. So whereas it used to be that, um, an image could be shown uh, at the side of a road or, or in, in the middle of a TV program, um, where you would have some idea of who might be watching depending on what type of program it was. Uh, now we can have um, images shown to us and text and pictures uh, and videos um, that are very highly tailored uh, to 
what has been shown to work on someone like us or on us ourselves in the past. Mm. Um, so the, the level of behavior manipulation that is available, um, to advertisers is much greater. And at, at the moment, it's very clumsily used often. So you often will see adverts for a product that you just bought last week and you don't need another one of. Yes. And we kind of, we kind of laugh at it. Or maybe, but, maybe you see adverts for stuff that you've been searching for on the internet. Yeah. Yeah, certainly. And, and that, that works, right? So that, you know, if I was searching for something that I haven't yet bought and then I see an advert for the, another one that I couldn't find earlier, well, then that might well work on me. But then it doesn't mm. seem that bad either, right? Um, but if Facebook is doing experiments on what makes you feel happy or sad, um, uh, what that indicates is that, that something much more sophisticated than showing you stuff that you searched for yesterday is going on. Yes. Um, what they what they're doing by doing that, and I think they're still near the beginning of it, although it's probably more sinister than I can imagine, is that they're figuring out how to manipulate your behaviour in in quite evidence based ways. <clears throat> and it, it's a worrying uh, situation where um, people people who are not really interested in your well being, they're only interested in your money, are doing experiments in order to figure out ways of getting what they want. Which is, which is not necessarily, yeah, yeah. Which is not necessarily what you want. No. Um, so I, I actually think it's it's slightly instructive to think of some potentially positive examples here um, of the kind of techniques that um, app developers use. So uh, I've used in the past uh, an app called My Fitness Pal. I don't know whether you've used that. Yes, Andy. I use that. Yeah. yeah. So My Fitness Pal is a, a proprietary app for. Um, controlling your diet and your exercise mm -hmm. uh, to try and help you lose weight. Lots of people find it extremely effective and helpful. Um, and one of the reasons why it's effective is it, beca it because it uses these behavior modification techniques that we've been talking about. Mm. So it gives you little rewards for behaviors which are, which tend to help you control your, your uh, diet and exercise. So in a way, they don't even feel like rewards. They're just little things that pop up saying, um, you know, like if you if you continued eating this way for the next three weeks, then you would weigh this much and things like that. So they, yeah, yeah, uh, and it also pops up and just suggests that you weigh yourself in a in a way that is not too offensive that you might actually do yeah. it rather than it isn't it. actually all that offensive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's, it's very like, get on the scales, lardass. Yeah, <laughs> so it's very. <laughs> It's very cleverly worded, and uh, and the, the frequency with which things pops up uh, is very carefully tuned to be to uh, not to induce guilt that kind of paralyzes you, but to induce good behavior. Mm. Um, so to me, it's a brilliant example because most of the users of that app are specifically downloading and installing it because it's good at manipulating their behavior. It's just that it's good at manipulating the behavior in a way that they want. Yes. So the the creators of that app, who by the way are funded either by advertising or by users of the app paying for the app, um, yep. but their interests coincide with your interests because if you uh, if you use that app and lose weight, you're going to tell other people to use that app, and then they'll get more people using the app, um, and then they'll get more money either because people paid for the app or because people see the adverts that are, are displayed in the app. So, um, if you use an app like MyFitnessPal, I'm trying to think what the other example I had was. 
I thought of another one that was positive. Well, I mean, okay, so let me talk about my fitness pal for a moment. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. I use it just for calorie counting mm -hmm. and nothing else really. Mm -hmm. um, I could do it another way. Um, you know, I could sort of have a spreadsheet and um, figure it out that way. But my fitness pal gives gives it to me in a way that's easy to easy to um, to count the calories every day, mm -hmm. which is handy. Mm -hmm. um, but I totally agree that it definitely manipulates behavior if you want it to. If you can see, if you're if you're not really aware of what it's doing, um, then it can manipulate your behavior. But it is in a positive way. Mm -hmm. So I actually think this, in, to some in some sense. Oh, I tell you what, the other example I thought of: yes. several several phones, including the iPhone, will. Um, report on your sleep patterns so if mm. you if you wear the apple watch or something so it, it monitors your heart rate it knows when you're asleep and then it will give you a report of this is when you slept over the last um seven days and this yeah, is my, when <coughs> my phone does that i've got right, a watch right, right. with a okay. with a heart rate monitor yeah and it also shows you your target of what how when you wanted to sleep if you put mm -hmm. that in um so again uh this is potentially uh, a useful an effective way of helping you um, uh, attain the sleep pattern that you want to achieve, mm -hmm. which is essentially uh, a, a, like a tool that you can use to manipulate your own behavior, modify your own behavior yeah. in a way that you see as desirable. So it's another uh, positive example of um, the power of having a, a little computer in your pocket, especially one that can monitor your uh, heart rate or something like that. Um, to manipulate your behavior uh, in ways that are potentially positive. Um, but uh, what that shows us, those two examples, which are hopefully good things, um, demonstrate how powerful those things are. Especially I've met a number of people who uh, completely failed to lose weight for a long time and then started using MyFitnessPal and succeeded in losing weight. Yeah. Um, uh, in a reasonably sustainable way. This just sounds like an advert for my fitness pal. But the point is, it, it's a really uh, effective demonstration of how um, these small little rewards, not, totally non-financial rewards, um, affect our brains because they um, they make us feel good about um, some things and make us feel bad about other things so, and change our behavior. Yeah, so my fitness pal is a positive feedback loop. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you use it in that way. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, you know, it makes you feel good. You lose weight. You keep using it. Yeah. And it it, uh, it uses the subtle rewards and uh, disincentives that you also see in other apps like the Facebook app. Yes. Um, so um, it also uses social uh, uh, techniques. Like you can share your progress with other people and so on. You can. Uh, I don't do that. But yes, it you can absolutely do that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So... Uh, all of this demonstrates that um, these these little things, like a thing popping up and saying "well done," hmm. uh, can change your behaviour. And uh, apps like Facebook use the same thing. When when people like your post, um, you get you get a feeling of reward from that. Um, so you're basically encouraged to post as much as possible, um, and especially things that other people will um, share and like. Um, so, um, the power of the behavior manipulation hopefully is demonstrated by, um, uh, something like MyFitnessPal. The amount of time that you spend on your phone looking at something like Facebook might be a demonstration to you personally that there must be something going on. There must be some, 
habit forming um, aspect to this app um, which leads you to spend so much time on it when you come when you understand that the the primary motivation of the person who created the app is to get you to spend as much time as possible on it yes maybe it's not so much of a surprise that you end up spending a little bit more time on it than you meant to yeah i think um i think twitter's business model is slightly different to facebook's business model in that uh there's a lot more celebrities on twitter um who are basically kind of promoting their stuff Mm-hmm. and their way of life and maybe their political beliefs and religious beliefs and that kind of thing lifestyle stuff and um folks follow them because you know like me when i've posted something to a celebrity's feed or someone that i admire a great deal and they like it or they reply to it it's like walking on air mm-hmm. you know it's like um it, it's like uh you've been given a positive affirmation by that teacher at school that you really look up to. Mm -hmm. And they've said to you, oh, well done. You know, that was a really good job. And you feel fantastic about it. And that's what, you know, Facebook and Twitter, um, that's your reward. Yeah. uh, For for being a good user of their their platform, you get a reward in that Mm. uh, you get a like or a comment on one of your posts from somebody well-known. Yeah, so the... Yeah, it that's that's just an acknowledgement, isn't it, of how powerful the forces that these apps are working with. So they've taken the kind of normal human behaviours of of someone saying well done, and also mm. other normal behaviours of um, us looking up to people, and they've harnessed them as a a, a, a way of um, giving us like stimulation in parts of our brain that would normally be stimulated quite rarely. Much Which more is, often than yeah. that. Dopamine is the is the one that gets released. Uh, yeah. When, when you get one of these positive affirmations, uh, which is a very powerful, p- powerful natural high, mm. that makes just makes you want more of it. Yeah, and and it wouldn't be powerful if it wasn't built on the the normal human um, interactions. You know, we're social beings uh, normally, and the reason why it's social media that's become so. Mm. Um, powerful as opposed to some other technology is because the effect on our behavior um, comes from our our already built-in social motivations so i want to take us on a slight detour um, to back to facebook specifically um, to talk about how facebook makes their money so we've talked about um, the kinds of things that facebook uh, that uh, does the kinds of behaviors you sometimes see on Facebook, the power that social media has uh, to manipulate our behavior um, if they choose to use it um, for evil. Also, the feelings that some UK MPs have about just how much Facebook are prepared to use their power for evil. I want to take you on a slight detour to uh, how does Facebook make money? Mm. So... I have uh, in front of me uh, an article from marketrealist.com, and I checked this on a couple of other sites. Uh, I don't know how trustworthy marketrealist.com is, but I saw it. I saw the same information on other sites. I'll link to the article. Uh, and Facebook's money comes from overwhelmingly from advertising. Mm. Um, there's a small chunk called payment and other fees, um, but well over ninety ninety five percent. 
um, of their income over consistently over the the um, the two years that I'm looking at um, comes from advertising. So they're 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 paid by companies to um, insert posts into your Facebook feed um, that will get you to buy stuff, presumably. Yeah, or, or, or possibly to vote for stuff. More to click on something because you know um, companies get revenue from clicks. Well, Facebook gets revenue from clicks, but presumably that's because they're paid by companies who want you to click so that you spend some money, right? Or or vote for something or something else. Yeah, yeah. So that's where Facebook get their money. Um, so that's um, that's uh, what they're bound legally to be. Um, using as their judgment about what they do because they have to maximize shareholder profit. Uh, so given that they don't get any of their money from you, you have to think about why they're giving you all this stuff. Mm. Uh, and this comes on to the point you've already made, Andy, uh, which is possible. I don't know if this is a cliche or something that needs to get out there that people haven't heard, but the, the question is, if you're not the customer... Could you be the product? The product, yeah. Um, like, why Why are they giving you... I mean, they spend a huge amount of money running their website. Yeah, it must cost... Facebook must cost a great deal to run on a daily basis. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, it must be in the hundreds of millions just to run the servers. I should think like so. That. I mean, it's an always-on, highly available service that hardly ever goes down. And they employ um, tens of thousands of people, some of them very highly paid. In different continents. To build their their website and their yep. app. Um, they spend all this money and then they let you use their, the stuff they're building for, for free. free. Yeah. Um, and the reason is because they, the vast, overwhelming majority of their income comes from advertisers who want to show adverts to you. And if it stopped at that, and they just showed you adverts in the same way that the TV advertisers or billboard advertisers show you adverts, mm -hmm. uh, that might feel like uh, a reasonable deal. Um, but they don't stop at that. They're researching actively how to manipulate your behavior and your moods uh, in order to be able to sell to advertisers the prospect not just of showing you an advert, but of changing your behavior in a measurable and repeatable way. Yeah. And what that is called is targeted sentiment. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. It's insidious is what it is. But but yeah, that's what it's called, is is that they find the um you know, the vector, the common vector, and then they target that quite you know, quite narrowly uh, to, um, you know, to get people to buy stuff or to click on something or to follow some um, political group or uh, other type of thing that, you know, the groups on Facebook that you can follow. Um, yeah, to make it seem like you are making the right decision by doing that when actually they've manipulated you into doing it. So all of this comes down to... Um there are there are two different motives at play um, in the use of mainstream social media. Uh, you have a motive, which is that you want to keep in touch with your friends, you want to find out about news, you want to hear 
from people that you respect. Mm-hmm. And the company running a mainstream social media site wants what they call engagement, which basically means views, clicks, and time, and more clicks on advertising or yeah. more behavior modified by advertising. Um, I'll also link um, to the, the article which talks about how Facebook uh, experimented with uh, users' emotions. All of this leads us to the question. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't... I hope you're still listening, listener, because probably what you've got... The point you've come to at this point is, yes, isn't this awful? Yes, I really shouldn't use Facebook, um, but I kind of have to because everyone I know is on it and I'm a little bit addicted to it. Another, another thing to point out about Facebook is that uh, although... Uh, people may not use it very much socially because they know, you know, maybe they're wise to the things that we're talking about. Uh, Facebook have a very mature now uh, sort of eBay-like network. It's called um, Buy, Swap, Sell. And um, it's incredibly useful. And it's a way in which, you know, they, they take people who might be swaying, who might not be all that enthusiastic about Facebook in terms of it being a social media platform, but they they suddenly make it kind of indispensable for mm-hmm. secondhand goods mm-hmm. uh, because it is very useful. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's certainly more useful than eBay um, in terms of um, doing it because it's integrated into Facebook. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they also have um, events, uh, organization, and various other services, including a Facebook chat, of course. Yeah, Facebook chat, which is very popular. Um, allows you to put uh, some very clever... Um, AI type well not AI um, image processing mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where you can change the way you look mm-hmm, on mm-hmm. Facebook chat mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in video which is uh, pretty cool mm-hmm. yeah I'm talking about stuff that's you know that, that is interesting to people yeah 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 so so I think the if if you're just asking the question now well basically I can't care about this because it's too important to me um, I want to give you an answer similar to and the answer about um, if you ask me, um, isn't it pointless becoming a vegan? I'll never become a vegan because uh, a no one else will become a vegan, and b um, I couldn't I couldn't live without meat. Then uh, my response to you might be, I'm not a vegan, by the way. My response to you might be, but if you uh, were, I wouldn't have a problem with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> my response to you might be, uh, don't become a vegan. Just try eating a tiny bit less meat. Right, so. Um, here's a similar response. If we've convinced you uh, that Facebook um, is a bad thing for the world or potentially a bad thing for the world and you don't want to be uh, manipulated by them, try using Facebook a bit less. That might, by the way, just mean uh, spending less time on your phone, maybe adding some limits. I know recent versions of Android and iOS come with things that let you limit your own screen time. Another, by the way, form of self-imposed behavior manipulation that used to good. Um, uh, So that might mean using Facebook a bit less, but it might also mean experimenting um, with loads of other platforms, some of which don't have the same clash of motivations uh, that we've been talking about. Do you mean they're not, they're not privately listed companies? I mean that they're not funded by advertising. Right, okay. Um, I just realized that I wanted to say one other thing about Twitter. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it's probably true of other people as well, but I know for sure Twitter started off um, not not uh, using algorithms to change what you see, just showing you all the posts, um, all the tweets made by people that you followed in the order in which they tweeted them. Yep. But about a year or two ago, Twitter changed to having a so-called algorithm, which is basically the word for a bad thing, um, <laughs> which means uh, that Twitter chooses what it shows you based on the same kind of uh, calculations that Facebook's doing to choose what it shows you. Did you know? Do you? Uh, so maybe you don't know, listener, that Facebook chooses what it shows you. It doesn't just show you everything that you that the people you you know and people in your family show you. Here's a good example of um, something that can happen on Facebook. Um, Someone, uh, someone experiences a bereavement in their family and posts on Facebook hoping for some love from, from other members of their family. You post something about how they're feeling sad today. And the first two people who see that post don't quite know how to respond. They don't want to like it because it's not a good thing. No. They don't, they don't know what to click. They don't know what to say. They can't think of anything to say. So what happens then is that Facebook's algorithm, uh, uh understands that that is an unpopular post doesn't show it to the other members of their family and their social group so even though they've posted it in their in their friend you know because in facebook you can you can decide where you want things to be posted mm, yeah, in public well, it can be in your friends only mm-hmm. so what so what you're saying is that if your post that you post to your friends isn't liked by anyone it disappears from the feed Potentially, so yeah. It, right. um, my understanding, at least, is that that's also true of these uh, private feeds. That Facebook will filter them and choose the things that it thinks gets the most engagement from other people. Right. So if you were, if your vulnerable um, friend was posting uh, a message like that, uh, hoping for a bit of encouragement uh, and love from their friends and family, if the if the algorithm behaves in that way. Uh, what they'll end up thinking is that no one cares uh, what they're thinking because most of the people, members of their friends and family didn't see their post. Yes. That's that's just an example of the dangers of algorithms, by the way, which is just a word for bad things. Um, <laughs> yeah, so um, when you're looking for alternatives, try looking out for things that don't have algorithms and just show you what people post. And An example of that would be uh, uh, a website called mastodon.social, which is actually part of a, a whole group of websites, um, which all speak to each other, which are all run by volunteers or funded by donations or things like that. Most of the, certainly, they potentially there could be instances that are funded by advertising, but so far the ones I've seen are not funded by advertising, they're funded by donations. Uh, they don't get too big, so you, it's perfectly possible to fund one of these sites by donations. So Mastodon.social, for example, which is e- uh, easily amongst the biggest, only has something like 200,000 people on it. So it's it's run by one person who runs the site by donations. But if it gets to the point where it can't take any more users, you just go on another instance run by someone else that you could fund yourself by donating to it. Um, and uh, But people on all those different sites can all read all each other's stuff. Hmm. So it ends up being like, Twitter, it's a lot like Twitter, Mastodon. It's, it looks like Twitter except with um, what some people think is a nicer user interface copied off something called TweetDeck. And presumably um, uh, Donald Trump doesn't have an account on Mastodon.social. So that's <laughs> At a good the moment, 
Must, uh, Donald Trump doesn't have an account on Mastodon.social. Uh, also, you can pick instances that fit your tastes. So, for example, there are instances that block all um, uh, indecent images, and there are uh, instances that block any mention of, uh, I don't know, politics or you know whatever. Um, and there are other instances that are very liberal in what they um, allow through. Mm-hmm. Um, you can pick a place that feels right for you, but still be part of a wider world. Um, and you don't have an algorithm choosing what you see. You see the posts from the people that you follow in the order that they posted them. That's excellent. So Mastodon is worth checking out, but Mastodon is for someone who's trying to escape from Twitter. If you're trying to escape from Facebook, um, there's a few things you could try. There's something called Friendica, which is, which has this, a style similar to Facebook. What's really interesting about a lot, a lot of these sites that I'm going to mention, is that they actually all talk to each other. So you could be on a Mastodon instance and follow people on Friendica, and you, oh. you'd still see their stuff, but it comes up in a kind of Twitter-style interface. And if you prefer nice. a Friendi- uh, a Facebook-style interface, then maybe make an account on Friendica, and then you can follow people on Mastodon. I see. Okay. Uh, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, so this sharing, cool. this inter-site sharing <clears throat> thing actually makes for kind of a more flexible world. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So, so Friendica is one. I'll link to these. Uh, uh, Dia- excuse me, <coughs> Diaspora is another. Um, again, similar to um, Facebook, and they and Dis- Diaspora and Friendica federate to each other. I.e., they can you can share stuff between them. Mm-hmm. You can follow people on the other one when you're on the other one. Um, if you're looking for something a bit more like Instagram, try Pixelfed. I've heard of that. Yeah. Which again links with all those others via the same federation mechanism. Um, if you're looking for an alternative to YouTube, uh, there's something called PeerTube, which again links with Mastodon. So if you're following a PeerTube user on Mastodon, you see the videos that they post as links that come up in the in the Twitter style interface of Mastodon. Mm. Um, and you can watch the videos there, or you can go onto um, PeerTube and watch it. And it, that's a site that looks more like YouTube. Right. Okay. Um, I will give you a health warning, uh, especially true of Peertube, but also potentially of the others, that if you're looking at the um, public feed, because most of these sites have um, listings of like what's going on, what people are posting right now. So if you're not looking at um, feeds that you're following, if you're looking at that public feed, there's going to be quite a lot of inappropriate content there, quite a lot of not safe for work content oh, and really? stuff like that. Okay. So I've found... When I've been, I've been trying to get into the PeerTube community. So I've been posting my own videos on PeerTube, but I've been looking for who to follow and things like that. And I've had to kind of give up because uh, the front page of the PeerTube instance that I use uh, has quite a lot of stuff I don't want to see scrolling past. Now, it has okay. a reasonable, um, uh, a kind of self, um, censorship regime. So stuff that's got nudity or something like that will be blurred out, um, and like marked as inappropriate. And that, that seems to be normally done or often done. Yeah. But you have to trust the individuals posting their content to do that. Um, and actually I don't feel like that's, I still don't like it. So I have to follow, I can only follow people that I'm already following who I know are going to produce stuff that's fine. But that's so basically. Little, so it's a little bit of a wild west at the moment in that respect. It certainly is. And I think, um, so what I found with Mastodon is that, um, I think I'm part of a community that, that has similar values to me of what, what's okay. So the people that I'm following, certainly, I, I never feel like 
I'm seeing stuff that I don't want to see. Mm. But on Peertube, if I'm looking at the public feed, um, I don't feel comfortable, and I, I don't not yet quite part of the community to um, to be be in a group. Learn. So you have to kind of find your place and your way, uh, and that's to to some extent that is inevitable in in something that's not controlled by that's less mature than than these um, <clears throat> older sites but also not controlled by a single entity what mm. i feel like will come along for peertube if it's successful is there'll be instances of peertube that are essentially uh children friendly or something like that which completely block anything that is inappropriate ap- approximately as well as something like youtube does okay no, i can um, see that would be useful and that would be great. I would really like if I could find that. I would really like it. So maybe that will come. Maybe that will come. Let's talk about um, instant messaging. Yes, let's talk about instant messaging. So, so let's um, so let's talk about the, the the instant messaging platforms that Facebook controls or owns. So they control their own Facebook Messenger. They yes. own and control WhatsApp. Yes, and that might be the shock, listener. If you were thinking, ah, well, Facebook are evil, and I know that, but I don't use Facebook. Well, if you use WhatsApp, you're using a product that's entirely controlled by Facebook. Yes. Now, although WhatsApp is end-to-end encrypted, which means they can't snoop on your messages. Unless they're lying. Unless they're lying to you, which um, has been proven that they are indeed (laughs) lying to us. Um, uh, Again... If you're not paying for WhatsApp, are you the product? Yeah, and it, what, when WhatsApp launched, before it was bought by Facebook, it was $1 a year. Right, okay. And that was a great business model because a lot of people can afford that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it meant that you weren't the product. So WhatsApp's security has been audited by people that I trust and found to be secure with one caveat, which is that... Um, uh, someone, uh, someone in the centre who who's basically got, uh, who's forcing Facebook to do something. For example, someone like the authorities of the the country mm. that that they're operating in, uh, can actually kind of insert themselves into the middle of a conversation, uh, and listen in. And you will, if you have the right features turned on in WhatsApp, you'll see a little message saying, "So and so's security code changed." So you yes. will know that something funny's happened. But you also see that message fairly often because people change their phones and stuff like that. So if if you just ignore that message, then the encryption on WhatsApp is um, is not quite as secure as it, it, it would be if you were listening to that message. <clears throat> yeah, so there's, uh, there's WhatsApp. Then there's also Instagram. And Instagram is also owned and controlled by Facebook. That has a yeah. messaging um, part of it as well. Scary, isn't it? Yes. So Facebook have their fingers in many pies, you know, some of them that you're maybe not aware that they have their fingers in. So I can't so, vouch for so Pixel what can what can users do if they don't want to use um, Facebook-controlled messaging? Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. There are alternatives. Uh, mm-hmm. we, are, we are using one. Mm-hmm. We're using um, two. We're using, we're using two. <laughs> yes, we are. We're using Good. one that's controlled by another multinational. At Are the we? moment, to look at each other via video. Oh, that we're using through them. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, so there's there's Google Hangouts, which is obviously controlled by Google. That's yeah. not that's not end to end encrypted. No, it's uh, it's way worse than WhatsApp. It's way yeah. worse than WhatsApp. Um, yeah. But it does work for us for doing this podcast because uh, the video is very good quality. 
Yeah, so uh, from a privacy point of view, I, you, I assume it's public. Yes. On, on Google Hangouts. Exactly. Um, and then uh, we're using a thing called Keybase. We are. So if you want a direct replacement for WhatsApp that's not owned by Facebook, I would suggest Signal. Mm. Um, that is an instant messenger based on your phone number, just like WhatsApp. Um, with the same level of security uh, as WhatsApp, actually slightly more security. Um, it's and the without same algorithm, the, though, isn't it? It's the same uh, I don't, encryption. I don't think it's the same algorithm. It's actually the the people who made Signal are actually the people who audited WhatsApp. Okay, right. Um, <clears throat> so they're trustworthy enough that getting them uh, to audit WhatsApp convinced the internet community that WhatsApp was secure. Okay, so why not just use the thing that they made called Signal? As far as I understand, <laughs> yes, exactly. And that was that was what I was going to say. Is that as far as I understand it, WhatsApp uses exactly the same um, end-to-end encryption as Signal. It's certainly uh, equivalent levels of cryptography, but um, Signal is a bit more careful not to keep messages, uh, not to download messages onto your new phone and things like that. Yes. It, it might not really be you. Uh, and it also, if the person's security code changes because they change their phone, there's a slightly more, slightly higher level of um like the user noticing that. Yeah. Also, you can add on a bit more security to Signal. You can make it automatically delete messages after a certain amount of time. And if you are if you are like a whistleblower or someone who needs more privacy, you can actually um, uh, validate that people really are themselves mm. um, in certain, in various ways by sending codes and things over. Yeah, it's very it's um, very strong. Yeah. So it, it it's secure, but more importantly, it's pretty much identical to WhatsApp to use. So you can tell your non technical friend. Um, why don't we try Signal? You can have WhatsApp as well as Signal on your phone or your device. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use it. Uh, there's a desktop version as well, so you can use it while you're on the computer and talk to someone on their phone, um, as long as you also have it on your phone. So it's it's very similar to WhatsApp. I would definitely recommend, if you're scared of the idea of Facebook owning WhatsApp, especially because Facebook, the thing that really put me off recently is that Facebook have said that they're going to combine Facebook Messenger with WhatsApp. In some way, and that at that point, Facebook Messenger is not secure and is scarily uh, controllable by Facebook. So, I, if the two networks get linked together, that I really just worries don't know me. How that, I don't know how they can do that though, because WhatsApp is end-to-end encrypted and Facebook Messenger is not. So, I yeah. don't know how they can combine them. Well, I I don't know. Maybe they're just going to allow WhatsApp to talk to someone who's on Facebook Messenger and therefore not be end-to-end encrypted. Yes, for that conversation, I mean, that, that would essentially be the same as uh, you have encrypted email. And then you send your encrypted ma- email to someone, and they send it to someone who's not encrypted, and then immediately, yeah, it's not encrypted anymore. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that's that scared me, and at that point, I started trying to convince my friends and family to move to Signal. Um, but also, um, uh, Andy and I and, and other people we know have been getting onto this exciting thing called Keybase.io, which is really cool. Which is a, like slightly nicer user interface, doesn't require a phone number, and is actually a much bigger project than just chat. We've been mm. using it for chat, and you can use it for chat too. And it works nicely on your phone, it works nicely on your desktop, and doesn't require a phone number. Um, but actually, it does some cool other stuff. So you can explore the other stuff it does. But um, as a replacement for um, WhatsApp, uh, it works really well. Yeah, it does. It's got the um, it's got the nice uh, text formatting that WhatsApp has, mm-hmm. which is cool. Uh, but it does have some nice other features that are worth investigating. 
Mm. Including uh, it yeah. lets you have bots. So I've been writing a, a bot that can talk to us in our chat room, which is fun. Which is a lot of fun. <laughs> I love yeah. that stuff. I'm actually investigating how to do that myself, which is cool. Awesomeness. I wrote a blog post with a 10, line, ten lines of bash that you can write to. Nice. Make, so have a look at that. Okay. Um, so that's some alternatives. Yeah, I, I can't speak for um, PixelFed. I don't know whether that has loads of inappropriate images on it or what, but um, that if you're into Instagram, it's worth definitely worth checking out PixelFed. Okay. Um, what did we want to say? We hardly mentioned Google in this conversation, but we should remember that Google is also um, a d- almost a 100%, yeah. almost 100% advertising-funded company, uh, and it does the same kinds of stuff. It failed to make a Facebook-like thing with Google+ which it's oh, shutting down. They tried several times to make a social media platform and failed. And I think they've given up now for consumers at least. But yeah, they've got your search history, your Android usage, um, your Hangouts usage, all that stuff, which yeah. they can use to um, experiment on you and manipulate your behavior as well. So you probably shouldn't trust them either. No. Have a look at... So the last thing we mentioned, by the way, the chat app was keybase.io. Mm-hmm. Also, have a look. for If we haven't mentioned alternatives to the thing you use, have a look at a website called switching.social. Okay. Which, again, I'll link to from the notes. Um, uh, that has a list of all possible alternative things you can use. So we've gone on and on about other things you can use other than Facebook. Try and just cut down a little bit. Get Get one of your friends to switch to Signal. You know, the geeky one. They're probably using Signal anyway. Or Get them to use it. Yeah. Or Keybase.io. If they're really geeky and they, they want the extra cool stuff in Keybase, including some cryptocurrency stuff, if that gets them excited, mm. try, try Keybase.io. Anyway, so just try cutting down a little bit. See if you can wean yourself off a little bit. Uh, there's really great apps for Mastodon, all these things. You know, they, it, it, it can be usable and just as good. Uh, there's also really interesting communities on these things, especially people who've been driven out of Twitter or Facebook um, because they're unusual in some way. Um, so there's some really cool people on these uh, other platforms. But that was that was all just preamble for me saying, so there are alternatives, but the other thing you should do, if you're sitting here thinking, this is awful, uh, life shouldn't be like this, the other thing you should do is write to your, your elected representative and say to them that these companies need to be regulated. Mm. So companies like Facebook have a massive influence over our electoral processes, over our um, human rights. Uh, they have massive power over individuals. If they, If an employee of one of these companies chooses to mine their databases for data about someone so that they blackmail them. I'm not saying the whole company will do it, but if one person within that company has a grudge or wants to um, gain financially by um, using information against them, they have the information against you. Mm. They could do it, and they need... We desperately need legislation uh, to to control how much data they hold and how securely they hold it. It's very important. I think if we look at the way that the um, the British press have wriggled out of being regulated in any way, shape or form um, after the phone hacking scandal uh, is that the Leveson inquiry basically did nothing to the British press because they're so powerful. Um, I think that there's an opportunity. Because, you know, What I'm saying is that the British press are a very old institution who wield a great deal of power. 
social media companies are relatively new, there's an opportunity to do something about it as soon as possible before it gets out of hand and before before they come too powerful to do anything about it. Yeah, so look out for um, or, and advocate for legislation that prevents people collecting data. Don't advocate so much for legislation that that tells companies they need to censor mm. um, what, what they're displaying because what that means is essentially what censorship means is putting power into the hands of small numbers of people. Yeah. So the recent, uh, the legislation that's, a, that's a just about to go through will possibly get blocked in the European Union, which is often referred to as Article 13. I've heard of it's that. A, essentially says that large companies like YouTube uh, need to uh, pre-censor everything gets uploaded for copyright violations. Hmm. Um, and what that means is that small companies who want to be... Um, who want, who we would probably like to come into being so that YouTube has less power. YouTube, by the way, owned by Google. Yes. Um, uh, are not able to come into being because they don't have the infrastructure to do this censorship that is being loaded onto them by the state. So mm. yeah, consider that when you advocate to your elected representative. Indeed. If you have one. I, I do, although I would say that my elected representative is basically an empty suit. Right. Mine is Philip Hammond. Oh, but okay. Maybe he's an empty suit as well. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, we've gone on a long time. But that was definitely worth it. That was very I think interesting. It was slightly incoherent. No, no, it was perfectly coherent. So, what is it? the summary? Is you should care about this because it changes your behaviour and it changes other people's behaviour. It's not yeah. a conspiracy theory. It's just rational behaviour by companies who want to manipulate your behaviour because that's what makes their money. And our rational response should be to try and give them less power by using stuff that is not centrally controlled by an advertising company and by getting our governments to stop them from overreaching their power. Is that fair? Yes, it is fair. I, um, I, w I would sum up by saying um, every time I hear about uh, a social media company trying to influence the way that we think or do things, I think back to an early episode of the show Mad Men. I already I know I already talked about Mad Men, mm -hmm. in which uh, the anti-hero of the piece, Don Draper, uh, says to a client, um, he thinks he might be losing the interest of a client, and he says, "What do we do when we don't like the conversation?" He lets it hang, and then he says, "We change the conversation." And at that point, the client's like, oh, yes, I understand. And that's what social media, you know, the things that we've been talking about is changing the way that people think. Mm -hmm. um, it, all it is, I know, I know it's kind of boiling it down to it, but it, it's just people selling us stuff again in a different way, in a very sophisticated way. Yeah, and where they can get, they can see the results, right? So they can't just make a big advertising campaign and then afterwards think, well, how many toothpaste tubes did I sell? Instead, they can look at an individual level mm. of, did did I make this person happier by this thing that I stuck in their feed? Yes. And uh, yes. that makes it, Max makes them a lot more powerful. Maybe too powerful. Maybe. Cool. Maybe. Should we move on to the part of the podcast where we try and manipulate our listeners' behaviour? What, so they can, they can listen to all of our back catalogue? <laughs> by plugging things. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Cool. Shall I start with my advert? For- Do some plugging. Do some plugging. Um, so, uh, yeah, please uh, consider buying a T-shirt or a mug uh, with uh, with the cartoon versions of our faces on it. It's a it's a glorious thing. I have a T-shirt and I have a mug. <laughs> I have a T-shirt and I have a mug. I also bought my son a mug, which he wore to my house on the weekend. He wore a mug? No, no, sorry, a T-shirt. <laughs> he didn't wear a mug. <laughs> Cool. Um, yeah, so uh, you can buy these things. They have our faces on, and they are actually, I think, very beautiful pieces of um, of merchandise. Yeah, I don't think I've seen a mug or a t-shirt that's better. Uh, they also, by the way, don't make us any money. the the only uh, The only reason we want you to have them is because they increase the amount of glory that we have. That's yeah, our motivation. Those are yeah. our raw motivations. Buy a t-shirt because we want more glory. Yeah, and uh, you know. Wouldn't you like to see your the the um, sorry? Let me start that sentence again. Wouldn't you like to see the representation of your face on a T-shirt with somebody else wearing it? Yes, I very much would. And well, listener, now you, you can. Listener, well, you can't have that, but we, but we can, can <laughs> if you buy one. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, how, so yeah, okay. That. So, tell me then, how can someone purchase one of these things? Um, yeah. So, if you go to go along to uh, uh, our web website, which you can find by searching uh, on your favourite search engine for the Good Robot Andes. Um, if you go to our website and then click on the About page, there's a link to how to buy a mug and how to buy a T-shirt. Um, if, by the way, you'd like to donate some money to us, uh, let me know. I can definitely sort that out. <laughs> I'll use it for some web hosting or something. Um, but really, we just want you to tell your friends. Tell all your friends. Tell all your friends. And if you send us a photo of you with a mug or a T-shirt, it's going to make... I mean, talk, talk about a dopamine hit. That would be <laughs> just... That would keep me going for the rest of the year, I think. Seriously. Yeah. It's going to be amazing. Amazing. Have you got any plugging to do? Um, You're still I, doing your podcast, right? Yes, yes. So I've uh, uploaded some more highlights to the podcast. Uh, I've got some movies to talk about on that uh, very podcast, which I might actually do a recording for now, oh. after this podcast, because I've got the microphone set up and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, still still posting to that feed. Uh, the other thing I do is this podcast. But obviously, you know that, listener, because you're listening to it. <laughs> and you've got to the end of a stupidly long episode. <laughs> so well done. Next time. Yeah, so what's the other podcast? Tell us the uh, tell us how to find it. Okay, it's remember. called Movie Mashup. Uh, no Camel Case, No Caps. No Camel Case, No Caps. No Camel Case, No Caps. You can find it on iTunes <laughs> or indeed on your podcast uh, provider of choice. So I'm getting through the back catalogue at the moment, editing-wise. When I finish that, I'll be posting new content. Uh, talking about some TV shows. Do you know what? I don't think we've criticised Apple very much on this podcast. Is that because they're not really doing this stuff or we don't know about it yet? Apple don't really have a social media platform. Apple. But um, are they manipulating our behaviour? I think they might not be because the cu- they we're the customer, aren't we? If we buy an iPhone. I mean, I'm, I'm never a customer of Apple. but I don't think Apple provide... Uh, with the exception of iTunes, which is free in quotes, but everything else in iTunes you have to pay for, apart from podcasts, mm-hmm. which um, are not made by Apple. Which are not made by Apple, yeah. So you know, Apple provide a lot of pay services. Listener, I think we found a bad thing that Apple are not guilty of. Oh, what's that? 
the thing we've been talking about for the entire last hour and 23 minutes. A bad thing that Apple and... Oh, they're not guilty of manipulating our behaviour. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, probably. Stop the presses. There's something that Apple don't do that's bad. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Well, let's do another episode about all the bad things they do. All the bad things they do. Okay. <laughs> what they build black boxes that you can't um, mess with. Yeah, you can't even install an app for, that someone made unless Apple think it's okay. Yep. And that's anyway. uh, that all goes back to the 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 very first Apple computer that was built in the Macintosh that was built in a garage. In I think it's Steve Wozniak's garage, and. Uh, Wozniak and, and Steve Jobs had a big argument about this. Wozniak wanted to make it an open platform like a PC. Mm-hmm. Steve Jobs said, no, not doing that. It's going to be a closed platform so only so we control yeah. it. I hate my users and you should too. Yeah, I hate everybody and so should you. And Wozniak said, no, but I love everyone. <laughs> we've gone off topic. Yeah, we have. I think, that, yeah. That, I think we've gone on long enough. Yes. Listener, we'd love your feedback on this. I apologise for how incoherent it was, but if you read the links that I posted, they'll probably be more interesting than me trying to summarise them without fully understanding them. Well, okay, so th- I think there's a case there to be made of having a look at the links and listening to the podcast. Oh. Uh, in a sort of dual-pronged approach. Do you not care about this stuff? Let us know. <clears throat> yeah, and um, if, you, if you don't, I think let us know why you don't. Or, or worse, or more likely, if you care about this stuff now you've listened, but you're going to continue behaving exactly the same as before. Yeah, why are you going defi- to do that? Yeah. Definitely yeah. Uh, talk to us about that, because we might be able to help. Yes, we might. You uh, never know. We're not counsellors, we're not trained psychologists, uh, <laughs> but we might be able to help. We're not paid to say this? No. No, exactly. If That's only important. we were. Yeah, we're not being paid to say this to you. We do it because we love you. Yeah, we're doing it because we love you, because you're our listener. Yeah. So exactly. why not? Why not come find you? now? So now you know why we've been going on about Mastodon.social. Okay, this is why. So come find us on Mastodon.social or one of the other sites in the Fediverse because that's what the group of websites that all talk Fediverse. to each other and it's really cool. <laughs> it's called. <laughs> no cap, case, no caps. No caps. Um, we are. Uh, what are we? Mastodon.social. Uh, no, Good Robot Andy's at Mastodon.social. Cool. Or something, I don't know. Find it on our about page. Hold on. <laughs> is it even on our about page? <laughs> yes, it is. Cool. A boot. Yes, it is. I'm sure it is. Yeah, at GoodRoboAndy's at Mastodon.social. Nice. Also, buy a t-shirt, buy a mug. Uh, and when you do, make sure you... Uh, uh, on mastodon.social or Twitter or, you know, if you must on Facebook, but uh, you can at us on Twitter and make sure you post a picture of you with your T-shirt or mug or both. Yeah, both would be... I mean, ne- neither of us have even bothered to do that. So. No, I think I should do that, though. Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? That's it. Okay. Thank you. Until you next, next time. time. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs>